0: Welcome to the ProcureTech Podcast, bringing insights and inspiration into how digital technology is shaping our profession. I'm your host, James Meads, tea drinker, expat, and <laughs> definitely not your typical consultant. So welcome to the very first episode of the ProcureTech podcast. And today, as a guest, I've brought on an old contact of mine who, well, actually, we first came in contact when I was working in freight and logistics procurement in the corporate world. And when I was buying freight and transportation, uh, I came across Peter's company, because he was asking me about opportunities within the organization I was working for. And to cut a long story short, we never actually implemented or ended up doing business together, but I always found the tool that he developed quite intriguing. And after we got connected on LinkedIn and learned a bit more about it, I thought that would be a really good first episode. So Peter Kind from Tender Tool is my guest today, which is a new innovative way to purchase freight in a much more user-friendly method for both buyer and freight forwarder. Welcome, Peter. Thanks,
1: James. Um, pleasure to be uh, to be on your podcast.
0: Great. Okay, so let's start off. So first of all, Peter, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, I know you're from the Netherlands and you now live in Spain. and. As someone that's also from an equally grey and rainy country, I kind of get that. The climate in Spain is uh, definitely a plus point. And I really miss Spanish olive oil. I, I have a house in Spain, so uh, I know it well. So, yeah, just introduce yourself and we can go from there. Um,
1: yes, uh, I am um, about 20 years in, uh, in sales um, and, and predominantly have been a sales in the freight audit industry. So a support part of, uh, of logistics. And uh, for the last four years, I've been active for, uh, uh, for TenderTool as a CEO and also very much in, uh, in business uh, development, driving the growth of, uh, of the freight sourcing platform that, uh, that we uh, offer.
0: Ah, that's interesting. So you're not from a procurement background. So what inspired you to create TenderTool?
1: So what I saw in my my previous uh, company, uh, ControlPay, is that when you work with the rates, um, you get new rates, accessorial costs uh, and business rules from uh, um, after tenders, and you need to implement them to make sure that you have the correct uh, um, uh, invoices, the correct calculations so that you pay the right amount to carriers, Uh, we um, found out that uh, often after a tender, a lot of things are not taken care of. So business rules are unclear, Uh, let's say consolidation rules are unclear, rounding rules, weight break calculations. So you get a lot of uh, discussion with the carrier what the interpretation of different rules and rates um, are. And so uh, then we said, okay, but probably we can do this, this better because uh, obviously some tools uh, or platforms in the market are not addressing this. So uh, we said, okay, with our rate experience, the way you, you scrutinize rates and, and um, uh, analyze them, we can build a tool that does all that automatically and forces basically the user to take such things uh, uh, into account. So, that was the reason why we wanted to build so, such a platform. Uh, one reason. The other reason was that uh, we saw that there are many tools in the market that do some some procurement in logistics, yet, we're not completely devoted to it or were very difficult to actually uh, make uh, all kinds of tenders uh, happen via a platform. So, you see that. Um, Large tenders are typically being done w- with the help of consultants or a platform, whereas uh, smaller tenders uh, still go via Excel because it's not worth to pay the, the, the price uh, and the effort to go through to use a a platform. So we said, okay, we want to make it more complete and at the same time more dedicated to logistics. And uh, we want to make it also more simple for all kinds of tenders instead of just the, the big European or uh, region-wide tenders.
0: Yeah, and you raise a couple of really good points there because myself as a practitioner, I mean, I can see having used both Excel and one of the sort of legacy e-sourcing tools, and I won't name them, but they were one of the first on the market. And quite frankly, I find it as a practitioner, very clunky and definitely not very user-friendly. So what typically differentiates sourcing freight and transportation from maybe some of the more some of the other RFPs that centralized procurement teams or consultants would typically conduct. I mean, what are some of the nuances that with freight procurement, for example, makes it more difficult to utilize these more sort of standard tools?
1: When you look at different proc- procurement uh, areas, you see that logistics is, is the most com- complex area because if you buy, for example, um, uh, 1,000 uh, components for a certain uh, product that you are making, you buy the 1,000 components and you have one price per component and that's it. With, um, with freight, you can have um, many different uh, components actually in pricing. So you say, okay, this is the, 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 the price per shipment, but it can depend on loading meter, it can depend on chargeable weight or on, on kilo, for example. And then you have the accessorial charges. Uh, Do you have specific um, cleaning charges or waiting costs or do you need extra equipment to unload or do you have refrigerated uh, uh, equipment? So you have many accessories and upfront you never know when you get the bill how many shipments were actually uh, transported. So if you buy the, the, the thousand components, you should receive thousand components. But when you have the, sh- the shipments, you may ha- do 500 shipments this month, you may do 700, you may do only 300. And the different weight structures always define um, then afterwards the pricing. So you can never say upfront what it would be. So the complexity is much, much higher. And there are just different dimensions to, the- to them. Also, how they are being applied. So are the, the different shipments that leave the, the-, the company today. Uh, then go to a same address. Are they being consolidated, or are they not going to be consolidated? That's crucial for the uh, for the pricing. So I would say in general, there's no. Uh, it is complex, and there's also no standards in in the market to say, okay, this is how LTL shipments are being taken care of. This is uh, the weight bracket structure for pallets or for kilos. Every carrier basically applies their own uh, structures. So in order to to make sense out of that. Uh, And to do a good tender, you need to have a system and a platform that is dedicated to address those specific logistics issues. Instead of saying, oh, well, we just capture the pricing in our generic uh, procurement platform, and then you can do the analysis um, offline, which you will need to do because there's no other way because the, the platform as itself does not address the specific needs, so it doesn't give you really any value other than just pushing through the data that you receive from the different carriers.
0: Yeah. And that's certainly my experience too, with using standardized e-sourcing platforms for doing tenders. I mean, if it's a commoditized product that you can very easily calculate You know how many you're going to use per year or per month, and you have a very specific specification that doesn't really change very much. Then it's it's pretty easy. But but you're right that freight is kind of a moving target. (laughs) Well, literally is. Uh, And yeah, I mean if you're in, for example, the FMCG FMCG industry, which which I was, and you've constantly got new markets or new routes or new distribution channels that you're going into, it's difficult to have a fixed rate card with a fixed volume for a decent period of time because it's a constantly changing world so yeah thank you for those insights that's that's really interesting especially for, for anyone that's not an experienced transportation sourcing professional it is quite a unique beast so that would lead me on then to the next question which would be what are the most common mistakes that typically procurement teams are making when they're running freight tenders. And I guess let's assume for this purpose that they've got some past experience in purchasing transportation and that they're not coming into the role completely cold as a new commodity to them.
1: Well, what you often see is that the the communication is lacking. So you, you see that people want to, to invite new carriers, but don't spend enough time in informing the carrier in inviting them personally to the, to the tender. They say, okay, well, we just want to invite 100 or 200 carriers, so just send them an email and to give them the data once they, uh, they uh, want to take part and, and that's it. Um, you need to establish some kind of a relationship um, even though it can be just by, by email or by phone, so that they understand that you're interested in having them taking part. Um, because carriers nowadays, they, they, they do feel that they need to weigh their options because they, they can take part in many tenders, but they do, need to understand if they have a fair chance at getting a part of the business or are they just um, taking part because uh, they need to be part of a certain volume of carriers that are invited. Uh, so the, the, I think that is very, uh, uh, very important. Uh, that's really the main, uh, the main factor. Um, and the other main issue I would say is that the data quality, um, gathering the data is often underestimated. Um, still, companies do not have good sources of data, and it always takes them way more time in order to get, to gather that data um, in preparation of the tender.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can certainly speak from personal experience that actually putting together the data for a freight tender is, in a lot of cases, much more difficult than actually analyzing the data once you've got it back from the quotations that you've received. And yeah, there there are so many providers out there, and there are so many companies that do what you said they send out a blanket email with an Excel file to a bunch of random forwarders saying please give us some rates with pretty much no specification no service level agreement or anything so that's sort of like well okay well where do we start what do you want you know do you want cheap fast or good because you know you can usually only have two out of three or even one out of three in some cases so contender tool also handles spot rates as well as sort of fixed locked in rate cards
1: Yes, that's one of the features that we are offering uh, as well. Uh, that's also something that the market is, uh, uh, is asking for more and more. Uh, typically, companies uh, do, do get about 25% of, uh, of the spot market. And uh, I feel that that it also has become more important uh, to have that flexibility of of using a a uh, of using the spot markets in in a fast and, and flexible way, uh, what you see right now with the coronavirus uh, or with Brexit or any other things that are happening, you need to be able to to quickly react to to the changes in the market and also capacity changes, uh, because that's very vital. And you see that companies do struggle a lot with putting out uh, uh, spot bid um, uh, requests and that causes an enormous amount of work on the carrier side as well so if you have a tool for that uh, it is beneficial for the shipper itself but also for the carriers because it makes it also a lot easier for them
0: and it's a completely different market i guess as well isn't it because if a company wants just a spot rate to do a couple of transport lanes here and there on a very ad hoc basis that's that's going to be a hell of a lot different than working with you know, a fully integrated third-party logistics provider like the DHLs or the DSVs of the world—it's—it's it's kind of like two different markets. Yes,
1: it is. Um, but I, I do feel that that companies uh, um, seem to want to have more flexibility nowadays and are, are looking for. Uh, um, uh, for spot market opportunities, and you see that also uh, via the rise of, of many different platforms uh, out there that provides these uh, these options, where also these forwarders are, uh, are are linked to, even though they have contracts with uh, with many different shippers.
0: Is freight sourcing, especially in Europe and on road transportation, you hear a lot? these stories now, especially in places like Germany, that there are an acute shortage of truck drivers and and that that's really driving up the cost of freight because of the higher salaries that that, that then that pushes through. So is it also making it become more of a seller's market in the freight industry? Because typically for, for almost as long as I can remember, it's always been a buyer's market. There's always been a glut of transportation companies. But is that worm slowly turning? Do you think?
1: Yes, I think it is, um, and it's definitely important. What I always tell our customers is that you need to sell your freight to your carrier, and then still you can get many companies to to take part uh, in your tender and to get good rates. But you need to to take more effort and show that you're interested in the carrier instead of the carrier showing interest in the uh, in the shipper in, into the buyer. So I think. That has definitely changed, um, but shippers can can turn that to, to their own uh, um, positive way if they are more active, more proactive towards the carrier market. So I think that's definitely uh, um, something they need to take, uh, uh, to take charge to, uh, to do that a lot better than they did before.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a very valid point, not just in sourcing transportation, But in sourcing in general, that even though it may be two large corporations sending a tender and responding to it, ultimately people want to do business with other people. And your relationship will thrive or fail based on you as the buyer and the interaction that you have with the key account manager at your supplier. There has to be some basic chemistry there to have a good working relationship. And there is some give and take, even in a relatively commoditized market like freight, there still has to be that people connection to have a good ongoing relationship. And especially in times like today, when we're recording this, where we've got, you know, a major force majeure event out in the world, coronavirus, and everything that's going on around us at the moment, as you mentioned, those strong relationships, um, even in this digitized world where a lot of processes and transactions can be automated with tools like what you've developed with tender tool that's still you know the people to people part of business and relationships regardless still holds sway so <laughs> suppliers always used to comment when i was using e-sourcing tools that they hate them and and i think the reason is that a lot of e-sourcing tools are a bit crap but here's the secret buyers used to hate using them too and procurement professionals often say you know it's good that suppliers hate using these tools and it's good that we sort of hold the cards and if they don't like it then tough because we have the power but while it's true that e-sourcing definitely does drive down price and has a lot of benefits for the person that's sort of on the with, with his buyer's hat on is it possible or are you finding with what you've developed that even though tender tool is obviously an e-sourcing tool, are you finding that freight forwarders in this case and buyers both can get to that point where they're both happy to use the platform? I mean, do you, do you think that's achievable or, or do you think that's always going to be an impossible dream?
1: I think it's inevitable uh, because w- when you look at the market where it's going to, when you talk about artificial intelligence and you talk about um, that everything is becoming more data driven. I think in the in the coming five years this will will completely change the way freight is being um, transactions on, on many different platforms because there's a lot of people work involved but if you if you save the tender data if you have a uh, good quality of data um, then you can automate so much because we should Uh, understand that tendering uh, is a process that's coming back all the time it's a sort of dance between the the, the carriers and the shippers Um, but it's it's the same thing um, uh, coming back time after time and uh, the the people that have uh, use they that use tools that have good data and and use uh, smart algorithms and can make use of artificial intelligence via new platforms they don't need to really spend a lot of time on these uh, on these platforms because they know how to get the right pricing for the right uh, lane or for the right product to their to their shippers, and that's where eventually it's going to. So um, I think it's inevitable, um, and also technology in general helps the buyer and the seller um, being more productive and focus more on value. Because personally, I think that people spend way too much time on tenders, make it way too difficult, whether that be in the preparation stage, whether during the tender, or whether doing everything manually in the tender, if they do not use a a platform, or like you say, an an old old, uh, school platform. um, They can do this work so much more efficient if they use technology and if they understand that this this can be highly uh, highly automated and that's go- going to be eventually the future. And we should also realize that the freight industry has a lack of logistics specialists. So often you have people working on tenders that are not really qualified for it or lack logistics. So if you want to use your scarce logistics resources in, in the best way, you should deploy technology so they can uh, focus on value.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things with having a more user-friendly platform in play is that whereas in the past, maybe a buyer would have gone and done a freight tender once a year or once every two years and then packed it away in a folder and never looked at it again, or even in a virtual folder on his his hard drive. If you've got a user-friendly platform that both the buyer and the supplier in equal measure find easy to use, you know, don't find cumbersome, then that could significantly engage the interaction that both parties have in, in terms of, you know, real-time updating and, and the ability to, you know, update rate cards, you know, if there are better rates in the market or if there are constraints that mean that prices may have to go up in the short term because of, well, coronavirus, for example, or an oil crisis, you know, any sort of major geopolitical event, it, it does give that flexibility without having to do all sort of follow-up subsequent correspondence on paper or on emails, which also is a time suck. And it's also bad in that, you know, that, that information then is not centralized in the same place. So if you've got an easy-to-use electronic tool that can do that, surely that's one of the biggest selling points of using something like this. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So my final question, Peter, is all about your plans in terms of growth. So you're, you're a pretty young company and I know you're still growing. And I saw this week on LinkedIn that you're hiring more developers. So can you share any exciting new plans or anything that you've got in the pipeline? And, and yeah, what direction generally do you see yourself taking the business?
1: So next to freight sourcing, we, uh, which we are expanding, um, we uh, have created a platform, uh, which uh, is a unique platform for forwarders where they can manage their incoming tenders. So you see enormous struggle with forwarders managing the, the different air and ocean tenders that they receive on an on a annual basis. Uh, typically they have around 300, 400 uh, tenders. And the process internally within those forwarder organizations is completely manual to, to get the quotation process. And a lot of people are involved in that. So we made a solution for that. And currently we are working with a handful of, uh, of large forwarders. And uh, we tend to have uh, about 10 new forwarders uh, on board this, uh, this year on a global scale on that platform and uh, last but not least we have created a new platform which is uh, soon to be uh, to be launched and that pl- platform will give uh, an opportunity for carriers to find new tenders tenders to take part in and uh, for uh, shippers to actually find new carriers and we bring those two together on one platform not just like a database which sits under a freight sourcing platform, but really a very interactive uh, platform where when you upload your shipment profile automatically, uh, you will get suggestions on what carriers you can, matching carriers you can invite to your, uh, to your tender and basically create a virtual database of those carriers. And the carriers have the opportunity to, to push news items and, and all kinds of updates that they have, but also keep their um, information up to date so that car- that shippers can easily uh, uh, find them uh, and use them for uh, upcoming tenders.
0: So that's it. In simple terms, it's like an online dating platform to match carriers and buyers alike. And I think that's great because when you've got a mutual interest to make a relationship work and to drive a win-win, then the relationship between buyer and supplier, or between you know customer and forwarder in this case, is automatically already off on, on the right foot whereas if you're just you know doing freight sourcing the traditional way and just contracting random forwarders by email or by phone and trying to find out if they're interested in your routes or your lanes it it just makes that process that much faster using a tool like this and as such i think that will just be a lot more rewarding for for both parties i guess
1: Yes, we well also here uh, algorithms can do a, a big part of uh, of the work.
0: Okay, fantastic. So, Peter, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast and really appreciate what you're doing in terms of making the freight sourcing industry much more simple for both buyers and vendors alike. I think that's really needed because the existing legacy e-sourcing platforms out there don't really do what we need to be able to do to get reliable and flexible freight rates for a you know a, a much more complex tendering process. So Peter, if anyone wants to connect with you, I mean, the website is tendertool.com, but if anyone would like to catch up with you personally, or maybe schedule a conversation to learn more, to explore some of the do's and don'ts of freight sourcing and what TenderTool can offer them, where can they find you?
1: They can always link with me on uh, on LinkedIn or find me at p.kinds at tendertool.com.
0: That's K-I-N-D-S. Okay. So Peter, all the best. Thanks again for joining me. And I really look forward to seeing how TenderTool develops. And, uh, Yeah, who knows? Maybe next time I'm in Andalusia, we can meet up somewhere on a nice, warm, sunny day for some red wine and tapas and some of that lovely Spanish jamón ibérico, because I really, really miss that.
1: Uh, That would be great. Thanks a lot, James. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure.
0: And that wraps up the very first episode of the ProcureTech podcast. I hope you found Peter's interview useful and that it gave you some insights and food for thought around what you're maybe not doing optimally with your own freight or transportation procurement. If you like the ProcureTech podcast, then definitely catch up with us again for another interview next week. In the meantime, because we're a new project, I would really appreciate if you would follow us on LinkedIn or go and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. It would really mean a lot as we can reach more people, as we can grow faster. Thanks again for listening and I will speak to you next time. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the ProcureTech podcast. If you like the show, then please subscribe or even better, why not write us a quick review on Apple Podcasts? It would not only really make my day, but it would also help our mission to enable procurement and finance leaders to become more data-driven through the power of digital transformation.